today with um, Alderman, Alder Woman Donna Kazemchek, um, and she is running for re-election for the Board of Aldermen on the Democratic ticket. Um, just to start off, why don't you tell us, like the voters listening, a little bit about yourself? Um, so I got into politics, oh, it seems like forever ago, but I actually got into politics because of schools and school overcrowding. I was with a group of women involved in the PTA. We started going to planning commission meetings for the county. We got dubbed the Mommy Mongers, which um, I wear that name with pride till t through today because um, to me that showed that, that there was some power in what we were doing. We knew what we were talking about. I think we changed the way Frederick County does business and in the end the way Frederick City does business and and um, two of those other mommy mongers were Jan Gardner and Val Dale. Both I was going to ask whom, you that. Yes, <laughs> I had and, a and suspicion. Elaine Grove was the, the fourth and um, she's involved in the school system still. The other two have run for and Jan obviously has won um, a number of campaigns. So we got involved that way um, I actually got involved then in city politics because in 1995 my husband suddenly passed away on my son's 11th birthday huh. and yeah and that fall my son was starting middle school and to go to middle school he had to walk from our house in Fredericktown Village to uh, the middle school was then housed at TJ High School so he had to cross East Street and Market Street and at that point in time on those crossings not only was there not a light there were no crossing guards there mm -hmm. was nothing and um, my brain literally went okay I just lost one I'm not losing another and so I started to fight for a light at 16th Street and East Street and honestly Fran Baker was the only person I felt who even listened to me and in my brain, again, it went, okay, I can do this better. I at least will listen to people when they come to me with what is truly a problem. And I got involved then in city politics, and I kind of feel like that's all she wrote. Um, I, I ran that year. I believe there were 19 candidates. I was certainly expected not to make it through. Surprisingly enough, I did. And I have been involved in Frederick City politics, and I continue to remain involved in various ways in county politics also since then. So it's been an interesting ride. I've learned a lot of things over the years. I feel like my experience in many ways gives me information that other people don't have. I know what happened. I know the reason behind some of these things, the, the moderately priced dwelling unit um, fees, the, the adequate public facilities ordinance, those are things that I helped put in place for the city. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those were things directly involving schools that I felt were very, very important. I still think schools and public education is massively important, although it's not something that the city pays for. Um, we do, we are county taxpayers also. And mm -hmm. so those are things that I'm interested in countywide. Um, I've gotten interested in smart growth. Smart growth is, is a way of building that you make sure you're building where there's already infrastructure and that saves everybody's tax dollars from um, the city to the county to the state to the federal government. And if we would partner, if we could partner together and make sure this happened more often, then 
everybody would win. And yet that's a, a partnership that hasn't worked out just yet. So uh, finding ways for affordable living in Frederick is um, one of my goals. And I also, um, equality. Equality has been my top priority from day one. I am a true believer that education is the only true path to it to equality and um so in all of these things my you know my purpose is to fight for what's right Mm -hmm. and those are the things that i believe are right have you ever considered running for a different role or (laughs) different office different you know i've certainly been asked plenty of times (laughs) about doing that to do that etc in the future you never know what the future is going to hold right I, i can't tell you in four years and eight years and 10 years, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I, I mean, again, you know, my husband died very suddenly. It was not anything we knew was coming. I uh, had a stepdaughter who passed away 13 years almost mm-hmm. to the minute after oh. my husband died. Oh, um, she was almost 16 years old. She was um, severely disabled. So that's also an, an issue that's dear to my heart is, is making sure that we have the ability for um, disabled people to get around, to um, live better in the city. So, so some of some of my issues certainly education, um, equality, uh, access. Those are issues that are wider than just the city. So to say that I've not thought about running for other things, yeah, sure, I've thought about it, and I keep coming back to. I know the city. I love the city. This is my home. Uh, People asked me after Mark died whether I was going to move home again, and I just stared at them like, what are you talking about? This is home. This is my home. And the city of Frederick is my home. So in the future, I don't know what the future holds. But certainly to date, the position of alderman is the position that I have been the most interested in and the one where I felt I could make the most difference. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, I'll just jumping in here. Um, primary election just happened about two weeks ago, I guess now, three weeks. It's been time all comes together. Yes, but it does. <laughs> it really does. Running together. A short time. So, <laughs> yes. on this side of Atlanta. Um, it's sure. quick. It is quick. Um, and the turnout was very low. It was about yes. 13%. Um, and there's been talks about moving the city election to a different year, like gubernatorial year or presidential year. Is that something that you would support as a change to the city election year? I'm always willing to discuss mm-hmm. the matter. I can tell you that I have served with four different administrations, four different mayors, four different boards of aldermen. We've discussed it in every single administration And in every single administration, the uh, result of that discussion has been to keep it where it is. Uh, The reasoning behind that, I think, generally is that it is better to have fewer informed voters than it is to have a whole bunch of people who really aren't paying any attention and they're just checking off a box, Republican, Democrat, Green Party, whatever. They're just going straight down the ticket and you know checking whichever side they happen to be on Mm -hmm. so we want people who are informed we want people who are paying attention this uh turnout was abysmal um and it certainly is uh 
it makes me think again and I'm certainly willing to have the discussion again but I think it has to be a public discussion and I think that the decision needs to be made as a board so mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that I would or wouldn't support it because I don't know whether I would support it until we have that discussion again but I think you need to have it regularly so you kind of you brought up this issue um, would you support a move that would make the city elections nonpartisan? See, that's another that's another one that I find very very difficult to answer because without having that public discussion, I don't I don't think that you can say you support something or don't support something until you've had the conversation. We have had that conversation a number of times. Um, we've had the conversation of open primaries. We've you know we we've had a number of different conversations on this. If you choose to run for elected office in the city, you don't have to run as a Republican or a Democrat. I mean, Jennifer Doherty proved that. She went out, she got the amount of, of signatures necessary, and she ran as an independent. So it's, it's not that onerous to do that. Um, so at this point, I lean toward no, but that doesn't mean I can't be talked out of it. Mm -hmm. And you are running on the Democratic ticket. I am. I um, and and let me be clear. I am a Democrat. So I was going to ask you what what makes you a Democrat. What do you identify with? In my mind, being a Democrat is about education and equality. Those are the two words that absolutely um, put me in that camp. And by education, I mean public education. I think public education, and I'm going to go back to the same terminology, education is the only true road to equality. And equality is the fight for what's right. So I, I don't see how I could be anything but a Democrat when, to me, those terms mesh with one another. I, I, I see one as meaning the other. Public education, being a Democrat, they go together. Talking about um, Oops, sorry. no, that's fine. Talking about an issue of equality, um, new Census Bureau estimates just recently came out, and they show that the median household income in Frederick County is about ninety thousand dollars a year. That's way higher than the state average. It's about twelve thousand dollars higher than the state average. Um, at the same time, the United Way has this new Alice report that shows that one in three families have a hard time making ends meet. Um, how do you square those two statistics and what do you think could be done on a city policy level to maybe achieve greater balance or you don't think that it's necessary i do think that it's necessary i want to be clear um i as an elected official have given up a lot um i work for jobs i don't work for jobs because i love to work for jobs although i do enjoy my jobs <laughs> um but I work for a job to make ends meet. And I do that because I believe that you need to have um, some different opinions on a board of aldermen, on any elected body. And if you only have people on the elected body who can afford to do anything really they want, um, not millionaires or anything like that, but you know, um, you know, uh, higher middle class incomes, then I, I think that you, while they try their best to uh, push for equality, you don't think that they necessarily understand what it's like to live that way. Whereas I understand. I've, mm -hmm. I've had times when my income has been in the poverty level, 
So I know what it's like. I know what it's like to fight to be able to live in Frederick. I know what it's like to think, oh, if I moved outside the city limits, I might be able to afford something bigger, something different. And, and then, you know, my brain goes back to, and then who would city residents have to fight for them who know what they're going through? So um, I, I, I'm gonna go back to, again, another thing that I said earlier, which is this has to be a partnership. We need to have a partnership between all levels of government that help it, um, that help affordable living inside the city limits because that's what's right to do. That's that is um, that is good for everybody. It saves everybody's tax dollars. It is better for um, ecological reasons. For heaven's sakes, you know, people driving less, people spending less time on the roads there are so many reasons to fight for smart growth so I, I think that this is something that we need to consider i think that we need to find ways to bolster our ability for um, middle class income people to be able to purchase homes in the city of frederick and um, you know that's something that i have fought for for years and will continue to fight for mm -hmm. Speaking of roads, um, <laughs> transportation um, funding is a huge part of the city's budget. Um, if you are reelected to the board, what are some of the transportation priorities that would be at the top of your list? I think that there are certain priorities that are already there, and, and, and we've proven the Monocacy Boulevard, Christopher's Crossing. That is a roadway that will connect different parts of the city and um, move some of the really heavy traffic out of the downtown area, which I think is important. You also don't want to completely bypass it because you, you do want people coming through your downtown. If you bypass it completely, the you know downtowns that have no people coming through them anymore tend to die. So we don't want that to happen. <clears throat> but one thing that I've seen, and I'm, I'm not going to have the year right, but uh, may have been 2009 or 2010. Um, you know, funding from the state and federal government for road infrastructure. Um, I don't think it was zeroed out, but it went way, mm -hmm. way down. And at this point, I think it's half of what it used to be. And that's a problem. That's a problem for us resurfacing streets. That's a problem for us keeping our downtown and um, in the city streets, not just downtown. When I talk about the city, I'm not talking just about the downtown area. I'm talking about, you know, going out to Deerbot and going out on, on Route 40 up in Hillcrest and, and all over the city, Carrollton. There are so many places that have roadways that, that now have patch jobs instead of um, complete reconstruction. And that to me is something that we need to work on for, um, for safety for uh, the simple looks of, of a street that just has all these patches on it. You know, it doesn't look good. Who wants to live in a place that has all these little squiggly lines on the street instead of this nice looking street? Um, but again, safety is the big issue for me. And I think that there's a way to do that without um, further taxing the citizens of the city of Frederick. And and it's difficult for me because I am a, a broad range thinker and I think county, state, federal government, in my position as an alderman, 
my job is to work for the city taxpayers. So some things that I say may seem incongruent with other thoughts that I have, but they're different, they're different jobs, right? So my job as, um, and, I, and I use these terms differently also. So my job is as an alderman, but I re request that people call me alderwoman Kazemchak. Um, that's just a simple, for me, that's a, a matter of equality. Mm -hmm. We go back, back to the whole, I can be a woman and I can do this job and I prefer to be called alderwoman. The job itself is alderman and I'm okay with that. Um, another big topic, uh, downtown hotel and conference center. Um, it's finally getting some leeway. Um, they unveiled the first design, um, approval of the demolition of the Byerly Tannery, which you've sat through as a member of the H or the aldermanic liaison on the HPC. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have voted in the past, um, for city funding for the project. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess why have you always been in support of it and like, supported city funding going towards a downtown hotel. Okay, I think we need to be careful about how we phrase this. Okay. Mm -hmm. So city funding goes toward every business that we have. Mm -hmm. We fix roadways, we build parking decks, we do things all the time that are really in support of businesses. Just because they're not in support of one specific business or one other specific business doesn't mean that they're not in support of businesses as a whole. So I firmly believe that as a city, our job is to provide the infrastructure that enhances businesses in whichever area of the city they go into. So I'm absolutely in support of the hotel conference center. I'm not, I, you know, I've stated before that I wasn't sure that this was the actual site that it should be built on. I had some concerns certainly about the historic integrity of, you know, about, about keeping historic integrity. But I also was very clear that when the HPC makes its decision, I support it, period. They do a great job. They consider all the facts and the people who sit on that commission are dedicated and they, I believe, will work very, very hard with the developer to make sure whatever ends up being the design, so the design that we have now is not gonna be the design that we end up with. I believe that they're going to make sure that the historical integrity of that site remains as um, um, well-kept as it can possibly be. And what do you think about the pace uh, that the project has moved forward at? I, I cover Annapolis, so sure. every year I get the front row seat to the knockdown, drag out fight for funding. Um, and uh, the Democratic uh, representatives who represent the city of Frederick mm -hmm. work really hard for that funding. Um, but the city has had to ask for extensions to use it in the past. Um, do you think that the city is moving fast enough on their end of this project? I think the city is moving as fast as it can move and still have plenty of public um, process. So uh, this isn't the only project that's had to have extensions. Carroll Creek certainly had to have extensions to funding for years um, for various parts of it for various reasons. So yes, I believe the city is doing the best job that it can in moving forward keeping the process one that the public has 
say in and to me that is the most important part and so if we have to ask for extensions so the public gets to weigh in on it and we ask for extensions i don't think that's an issue um, as you know this has been going on for years and years <laughs> yeah. and years and years and years and years um, and again it's it's an important it's a huge project so to me taking our time and getting it right is the most important thing mm -hmm. um the West Side Regional Park. I know that's something. My that's baby. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, it looks like it's finally moving along, coming to fruition. Um, and I guess um, you're still in favor of developing the park, obviously. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and um, what type of amenities of amenities would you like to see at that park? Now that there's a task force, they're talking about specifics. Like, what do you want to see there? Yes, can I just tell you my disappointment? You know, when, when that moved forward and, and the task force was put together, and, and I truly, I, I asked Jim Grimes to buy this property in 1998 oh, wow. for a park. So uh, 18 years later, when we get a task force put together and Alderman O'Connor is asked to be on that task force, who, by the way, I, you know, he is brilliant and, and does a great job, and I certainly have great respect for his opinions on that. Um, but I was a little hurt because, as, as I said, this is my baby. This, mm -hmm. this is something that I have really fought for. This is my vision. And to not be asked to be part of that task force, um, yeah, I was a little hurt by that. But the fact is we are moving forward with it right now. Um, amenities. I, I think the very first thing we have to do is just level out some ground and get some multi-purpose fields up there. Once you get some multi-purpose fields up there, then you get some tournaments in. And those tournaments are going to start to bring money in. And that money then allows us to form public-private partnerships. And then we move forward with other amenities. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, Grace Fielder brought forward in her design was a carousel. Uh, that's something that's, again, dear to my heart. My, my father actually is a chainsaw woodcarver. He's been doing this by trade for the last uh, 45 years. He's 85 years right now. He's 85 years old and he still goes out with a chainsaw and carves, yes. And so one of the things that he's carved um, is a full-sized carousel horse, and it is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, I would love, you know, it's, so the carousel, and, and she says they bring in tons of money, which I was shocked by. So that's very exciting to me. The outdoor um, water park is also a, another way that we can pull in quite a bit of money. And my understanding is um, running an outdoor water park actually can pay for the um, for running the whole park year-round so why would we not do that early in the process yes it could cost you know some money but then it would allow us to move forward with possibly and hopefully an indoor mm -hmm. um, water center um, with Frederick High closing down its swimming pool uh, we really, really do need swimming abilities in the city of Frederick, and I, I want to see that. We talk about the price tag on this property all the time. It is a huge price tag, but I think what people forget to look at when they look at the price tag is what did Carroll Creek cost us in the end? Mm -hmm. And I think if you go back and look, you'll find that it, 
it probably cost more than $200 million. We're talking about $95, $98 million, and we're talking about public-private partnerships. So I, I, I am not for building the park straight on the backs of the taxpayers. I think that there are ways to do this with partnerships, and um, it's, it's a process. It's not going to happen next year. Five years from now, this park is not going to be done. I'm hoping 15 years. That's that's my hope is that in 15 years we're going to have this gorgeous park that people want to go to. And I think that we need to consider what it's going to do for the west end of town. It is going to do for the west end what Carroll Creek has done for downtown. And I, I don't think that that's something that we can take lightly. I think that it's something that's really, really important and it will bring businesses out there. Businesses will want to be there because, you know, if you have a whole bunch of people, you have these tournaments out there, they're gonna want places to eat, places to shop, places to go in between games. You know, they're gonna want places to go to. And certainly I think that that can um, revitalize the Golden Mile and the West End of Town in ways that are not happening just yet. Mm -hmm. So we're getting the road through this year. That's the $2 million project that we're doing this year. And I hope that we just conti continue to move forward on the whole process. You talked about um, taxpayers and what they mm -hmm. contribute to the city's budget. What are your thoughts on the um, on the city's tax rates, on the property tax rate? Um, this is one thing that always seems to come up in elections. So, so the city property tax rate is, has remained the same for years. We asked, I, I asked at the beginning of this term, actually I asked in other terms also, for what is called a cost of community services study. And that study will show who pays what in taxes and um, who should be paying what in taxes, maybe. So um, we finally got the study started this spring. Why it took so long is beyond me. But we finally got it started and hope to see some results soon, although I'm not expecting to see them before the election. Um, I, that study, I think, is going to tell us a lot about tax dollars, uh, city tax dollars. The county actually partnered with us, so um, you know we put in fifty thousand, they put in fifty thousand. So the county is very, very interested in working with us on this, also, and they want to know exactly what we want to know, and, and you know we want to know who's paying for what, and then figure out who should be paying for what. So without having the results of that study, I'm not sure that I can go any further with that. I think what we're gonna find out is I believe that city taxpayers are um, subsidizing the county. Mm -hmm. But I could be completely wrong. Um, I think Jan feels exactly the opposite. I, I think she feels like you know county taxpayers are subsidizing the city. So, um, but, the nice part about this is that we're willing to say okay well you might be right i might be right let's find it let's find out what the reality is and then go from there and you know that's wonderful to see the city and the county working together on this instead of just butting heads and saying no it's me no it's me no it's you you know it's nice to see us being able to work together on something that may come back with something that none of us like mm -hmm. <laughs> um Next question. The um, new police headquarters is something that you guys have been talking about, um, and you had a workshop 
couple weeks ago, a month mm-hmm. ago or so sure. about that. Um, there were some different locations that were suggested, Trinity School, Sander Farm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Kind of where would you like to see the new headquarters go? No, I've said this in public before. Um, I personally would love to see the new headquarters go where Potomac Edison is on um, East Patrick Street. I think that would be a perfect place for it. For us to be able to do that, we need to find money to um, move Potomac Edison, and you know they would have to build a new building, but they, they don't use that building fully as they used to. Um, in my mind, that would be the perfect location. It's still downtown. You're still, you know, right in the middle of things, but you have more space. You have the ability to, to do more things. Uh, without knowing more about that property, you know, that may or may not be the answer. But, you know, in my brain, that's what's, what's always kind of rattling around in there is that wouldn't that be perfect wouldn't that be a great place wouldn't so um have they ever looked at that location i think there there have been some possible there have been some discussions of it but the cost of it is you know again it's a it's a question of being able to put potomac edison in a place where they would be willing to go and in a a, that would work for them Mm -hmm. um and without knowing the you know intimate discussions with that then i i don't know the answer to mm-hmm. yes it's been discussed mm-hmm. no i don't know how far that's mm-hmm. been discussed mm-hmm. okay. um well we're getting a little close on time <laughs> and i have a feeling we've been through most of these before but if you would wouldn't mind giving us kind of a cliff's notes version uh of your top three issues and uh, why they're important to you so I think anybody who knows me at all knows equality is my top issue. Equality, equality, equality. Uh, I worked for 20 years to get the Tawny bus removed from the front of City Hall. That was, to me, a big fight. It was, um, it was amazing to me that when I brought it forward to this particular group, there was very little discussion, very little pain involved. It was a unanimous vote to move it. Um, I was thrilled by that because in past um, administrations, it certainly didn't work that way. Um, yeah. not, not to lengthen your Cliff's Notes version, but what do you think about the speed at which that happened at the State House this time around? Because at the State House, they discussed that for a long time as well. I, and, you know, it just happened. It just within happened, a week. <laughs> yes. Well, y- you know, I think that. I, so I, I love to say we did this before it was a thing, right? We, we were on the cutting edge of removing statues from where they didn't belong. I don't want anybody to misunderstand that as me thinking that they don't belong anywhere because there are places they belong. They belong um, appropriately on battlefields. They, they belong in cemeteries. They belong in museums um, appropriately. Um, I know that there's a discussion on one at the, I believe, the Monoxy Battlefield right now, and, and I think the question is the actual... Um, oh, Antietam. Yes, Antietam. Yes. And I think the question is the, the historic reality of that, which, you know, I, I, I'm not a historian, so I'm not even going to get involved in whether or not that should be kept or, or gone. But, but there are places that they are appropriate. In front of City Hall was not one of those places. Places um, in Baltimore, Annapolis, I don't care where, um, where they are put where 
um, Confederate statues are put in places of honor, I think they need to be removed. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that many people disagree with me, but to me, the comparison of putting a statue of Hitler in Germany is very much the same. And, and um, Mayor Landros, um, Oh, yeah, in Louisiana? In um, New Orleans. Right. Yeah, yeah, in New Orleans. <laughs> um, he, he did a speech on this that I thought was absolutely brilliant. So if you have a chance to listen to it, please do. Mm -hmm. it's, okay. it's amazing um, what he says. So it's part of history, absolutely part of history. But we choose who we honor. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not erasing history. It's funny, as I've gone, you know, campaign mode is a little different. So you actually go knocking on doors and three times, three times I, I was specifically told, you lost my vote when you changed history. I mean, those actual words were used. And finally, the third time I was ready. And I looked at the gentleman and I said, well, sir, while I understand that you're upset, I didn't change history. Slavery happened. The Dred Scott decision said black people were not people, not just slaves, but anybody with brown skin was not a person. They weren't counted as a person. That happened. I wish I could change that. I truly wish I could, but I can't. And so what I, what I did was fought to have the monument moved to a place where it belonged, which is at the cemetery. And at the cemetery, you can still go see it. It's at Mount Olivet. You're welcome to go see it. It is a public ground. I'm not stopping you from doing that. Have a lovely afternoon. Thank you for your honesty. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of stared at me like he expected me to use some profanity at him or something, and I would never do that. Um, you have the right to your opinion. I have the right to disagree with you. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, so number one, yeah, equality. Number one. Okay, so two and three. <laughs> <laughs> so equality and education, I think, go together. I've said it a number of times, the fight for equality, the fight for education, or the fight for what's right. They are the, they are the same fight. Uh, public education, without public education, you cannot have equality. And I would love to see the city get involved in more after school programming, outside of school programming. I'd love to see us get involved. There, there are some municipalities, bigger um, to be sure, but municipalities that actually provide education through an associates level or um, and not just a college degree, but um, other type of, right, you know, welding, electrician, you know, stuff like that, which I think are just as important. And, and these days, maybe it, you have less people doing that. So maybe even more so. So I think that the city does need to get somewhat involved in education. Again, education, not just K through 12, education and training. And then um, I would say affordable living is if I, you know, if I've got to pick three, um, it, it's, it's really hard because, you know, you, smart growth slash affordable living slash um, ecological issues. Um, you know, I, I hate the word sustainability because to me it's just become one of those buzzwords that you use for no reason. Um, but, but we do need to make sure that we're doing things that, that make the environment better for the next generation and for us as we grow older because heaven knows you know as i grow older i'm not going to want to have to breathe yucky air 
So, you know, smart growth works into that. It, it allows us to have less cars on the street. Um, a, affordable living goes into um, everything. <laughs> we, we need to be able to have everything in one area so that people can actually live here. So it, it, it all ties together. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there are, I don't think there are issues that don't touch other issues. Mm-hmm. So, top three is really, really rough. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, go ahead, Mallory. Um, I think unless you had anything else, I think we're ready to wrap I, it I up. Was, I was just going <laughs> to say, can. you have this lovely printout from your website. I do. Referencing, yes. So maybe you would like to tell folks what your website is. Yes. Um, my was, w- website is <laughs> www.votefordonnakay.com. That is V-O-T-E, the number four, Donnakay. Dot com. Um, Facebook page is if you just look up vote. Actually, it's strange because if you look up vote for Donna Kay, you'll get somebody from Texas. But if you put the proper spaces in vote space for space Donna Kay, then um, you get the right one. Just look for my picture or, or Frederick Maryland on it and you'll get the right one. Um, we're also on um, Twitter, YouTube. My campaign manager has us everywhere. He's exhausting and, and <laughs> fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Um, my team has just been extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. And I want to, if possible, just give a shout out to, my, to, to the team of people who have really worked hard with me on this campaign. Thank you so much for all that you do. Right, I think that's all. Um, thank you for coming in and talking with us and letting people know a little bit more about you. And yeah, I guess that's all we had. Thank you so thank much you. for having me. I appreciate it. We'll see you on the campaign right. trail. You bet. <laughs>